0: Whatever you decide, realize that the newest toy doesn't define your worthiness as a parent. It's the lessons and the skills you impart to your children that really matter. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three things. First, we're going to be discussing how to manage gift expectations with kids this holiday season. Second, we are back with our debt-free family segment. This quarter, we're going to be featuring Allie Swart from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who recently paid off around $100,000 of debt after boosting their family income, which always helps when you're looking to pay off a massive amount of debt. And last but not least, my son Calvin is going to be joining me, and we're going to be doing something a little different than the good word. We're going to be talking about this annual survey that we just shot out there to everybody and the awesome responses that we got. And from those awesome responses, Calvin and I are going to be giving away four different Amazon gift cards of $50 value. So it's going to be something fun that Calvin and I are going to do together at the end of the show. So stick around and listen for your name if you're one of the participants. All right, let's jump into today's show. It's that time of year again. The season is upon us and we're about to start shopping for holiday gifts for our kiddos. Yes. Yes. We want to see their faces light up with joy when they get that new toy they've always wanted, but we also want to make sure that we're not going into major credit card debt to get those smiles. When we get those perfect gifts, you and your kids may both be smiling in December, but come March, when you're still paying down that debt, uh, you won't be smiling anymore. According to Tree, shoppers in the U.S. racked up an average of one thousand. of debt during the holidays last year, and 20% of those surveyed expected it would take at least five months to pay it back. That's paying for Christmas after Easter. (laughs) These frightening statistics don't mean we shouldn't buy anything for our kids. It just means that we should do it responsibly. Here are five strategies for getting through the holidays debt-free and managing your kid's holiday gift expectations in the process. Number one, develop a holiday budget. By developing a realistic budget for how much you can afford for the holidays today, you'll be saving yourself a world of heartache in the future, my friends. Utilize a convenient family budget app or simply write it down on a piece of paper. Here's what you should include. The first thing, people you're considering buying for. Then the second thing, how much you'd like to spend on each of those people. And then the third thing, your total projected spending for the holidays. It could be, in a, again, on a piece of paper or in a budget app or just on a little spreadsheet, maybe a Google sheet. And then you've got that written down. And then ask yourself honestly, can we afford to pay this amount of money in November and December, depending on when you're doing the shopping? Not can I afford to put it on a credit card? Instead, it should be, can I afford it and will I pay my credit card off in the same month that I'm purchasing it? If your honest answer is no, then lower the amount of money for each of the people that you want to buy for, including your kids. Once you find that appropriate number, you've got your budget. Number two, speak to the kids about your budget. According to a research study by Purdue University, as early as three years old, your kids can grasp the concept of money. By age seven, their habits for money are pretty set. Given this, our kids at a very young age are mentally prepared for you to tell them what your budget is for the holidays. This can become a tradition and an excellent learning opportunity for them. Here is a sample conversation that I've had with my daughter over the past few years. Let's say this was around like when she was like six years old. All right, here's me, Andy. Hi Zoe, this year mommy and daddy have, oh, $100 to spend on Christmas for you. When you're thinking of your favorite toys and games and Squishmallows and, oh, Roblox gift cards, (laughs) we need to make sure that they all are $100 or less. And then here's Zoe. Okay, Dad, well, how do I know if what I want is $100? Well, that's a great question, Miss Zoe. We can make a list together of all your favorite things and then we'll look up the prices online. And if the total list is more than a hundred dollars, that's okay. We just need to put a star next to your very favorite ones so we'll know which ones are the most important ones you want to get. Cool? And then hopefully Zoe would say yeah, dad, cool. <laughs> Yes, everybody, limits, they can be cool. Now, if Santa is a part of your holiday celebration, you can have the same conversation, but tell your child that Santa has the $100 budget. Setting expectations early will help our children understand that there are limits in life. The credit card that we use is not an endless money machine. Number three, get creative. Let's say you've analyzed that holiday budget of yours and there is no way you can afford $100 per kid without going into debt. There are limits to everyone's budget, so don't feel discouraged. Instead, get creative creative. Every so often, my family goes to thrift stores to find hidden treasures. We did this a lot when our kids were younger. Instead of going to Target on Black Friday, we would go to Salvation Army or Goodwill. There are great deals there on toys and clothes and games, especially when your kids are young and they're figuring out that things cost a lot of money. One of the best gifts that we got for our daughter when she was younger was a magic trick kit. And I've got a picture of this in the show notes for you to check out. It was three bucks and she loved it. And she played with it for years. She would do her little magic tricks for party tricks at our holiday parties and she would get adulation and smiles and it was three bucks. (laughs) Also, there are some amazing homemade gifts that you can make that won't break the bank as well. A homemade gift can sometimes be more memorable and heartfelt than something that comes out of a plastic box. And as you know, if you're a parent, eventually makes its way into the garbage bin. Number four, break the habit today. Let's say your kids are older than seven like mine, and they are used to the big holiday with dozens and dozens of gifts that you put onto a credit card each year and you rack up that credit card debt. There is no time like the present to change your holiday buying habits now. Sit with your family, put away the devices, and tell them that you are making a change this holiday season. Explain that you're ready to do something incredible for your family, like get out of debt completely. And with that change is gonna come some sacrifices. Be honest with them about the stress that comes from having debt in your life, how you wanna break free from it. You'll be surprised how a family can rally around a mission like debt freedom, like the ability to change your work-life structure. Those are memories and family traditions that last forever. Interest in the latest video game or the latest plastic toy that fades fast These serious but important conversations may be a pivotal moment in your kid's memory. Your daughter may look back and say, I remember when my mom told me we were done with debt. We had to scale back a bit during the holidays a few times, but it wasn't that bad at all. I am so proud to have helped her to get there. Number five, sell the old and get the new. Let's say the kid's, They're not having it, man. (laughs) They want their new toys and they are livid and they are not giving in. Well, take that anger and fire mom and dad and put it to work. If they want a bunch of new toys, then as a family, sell some of their current toys. By enlisting your children in on the solution, two things will happen. The first thing, they'll help you. And then two, They may decide that it's not really worth the hassle. (laughs) Let's say that they're into it. Let's say it's the first one. Have each of your kids gather 10 toys, clothes, or video games, or dolls, or board games, or really anything that they don't use anymore that can be sold. Post them on Craigslist, eBay, Facebook Marketplace, or declutter sites like that where you can sell these things for money. You will be surprised at how much money you can make from selling the stuff that is laying around your house. And your kids will be surprised as well. This will help them learn a new skill and help them fund their new holiday toy collection. At least they're gonna appreciate the process that it takes to earn the money. In the end, whatever you decide, realize that the newest toy doesn't define your worthiness as a parent. It's the lessons and the skills you impart to your children that really matter. If you're looking to help your children build wealth and happiness long term, please check out my free video resource called the 60-40 Generational Wealth Plan. This video outlines how I plan to make my kid a millionaire who is happy, caring, and generous. You can find that resource at makemykidamillionaire.com. Again, that's makemykidamillionaire.com. All right, well, that's enough for me. I would love to hear from you. How are you managing gift expectations with your kids this holiday season? Please let me know by sharing this episode on social media and tagging your friend Andy at marriagekidsandmoney on Instagram and Facebook or at AndyHillMKM on LinkedIn. Let's keep this conversation going, everybody. For some people like me, debt can feel like an incredible weight on your shoulders. After carrying this weight for a while, there comes a time when you say, I am done with this. On our debt-free living segment today, we're gonna interview Allie Swart from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Allie and her husband Bill became debt-free after paying off around $100,000 of debt in just about three years. Today, we're gonna learn how they accomplished this family financial goal and what they're doing with their money now. Welcome to the show, Allie.
1: Thanks for having me, Andy.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for connecting. I know we're buddies on Instagram and it's great to connect with you in person. Well, virtually in person, I guess that's really the, the real term here. So let's talk about your story. Why did you want to become debt free in the first place?
1: When I was growing up, money was a stressor for my parents. I heard them fight about money and specifically around debt. At one point, my parents had two loans against our home. Our dad was notorious for using credit cards as a source of funds. With his job as a general contractor, anytime he was in between projects, he tended to resort to a credit card. And this created the necessity for income to not only satisfy those debt obligations, but also to just live our lifestyle, right? And so early on, I I internalized these beliefs that debt was a, a bad thing by hearing these arguments. And I started to internalize the beliefs that number one, I should never live beyond my means. And number two, that a family shouldn't have to rely on two sources of income to be able to make the household work. Now, those were young beliefs as As I got more into my 20s and 30s. It did hit me that there is a difference between consumer debt and debt that can help you build wealth, whether that's through business ownership or you know, real estate investing, things like that. And and our goal was to get rid of all of our consumer debt that was not helping us build long-term wealth.
0: I love that distinction. And thank you for walking through that with us. So what type of consumer debt did you and your husband have?
1: Yeah, so I started off with student loan debt. I did four years of undergrad and then I did a two-year MBA program. So at the crux of it, I had about $36,000 of student loan debt. I finally made my last payment in 2020. I took advantage of when interest rates stopped and, and repayments had to stop. So I made my final student loan payment in 2020. Over the last several years, I've paid off two cars. So I had a car loan from 2015 to 2018 that I paid off. That car ended up dying in 2020. So I got a new car and then paid that car off from 2020 to 2023. And another piece of consumer debt that we had was a home equity line of credit. Those were kind of the three big chunks. The only smaller debt that we had for a little while was uh, I was a Peloton junkie during (laughs) COVID. So I did jump on the Peloton bandwagon in 2020 when COVID came.
0: I would say, you know, during that time when you're worried about your mental health and your physical health, I might put that into the good debt category, too. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: would agree because that was, that was very much used and I still use it actively today. So good purchase there. But yeah, I, I purchased that in 2020.
0: Those four things that you mentioned are all very human of you and a lot of things that I personally went through as well. I had the HELOC, I had the student loans, we had the car debt. Talk to us about the steps that you took to pay off that stuff. You know, you saw your debt over this time period. Did you increase your income? Did you decrease your expenses? What did you do to manage this and get through that 100K?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So with increasing our income, going back several years, my husband changed jobs in 2017. So when he changed jobs in 17, he took about a 20 to 25% pay increase at that time, which was very helpful. On the flip side, in 2018, I actually took a pay decrease. So I changed jobs. I went to a smaller company where I saw the growth potential. So for a year or so there, I actually took a pay decrease, but that has paid off over time because I'm still with that company. I'm a partner at our company. And so the short-term risk was definitely a long-term gain for us. I would say the biggest thing that we did though is I'm a huge advocate of zero-based budgeting. So I, I kind of hate the word budget. I I don't love that (laughs) word. But to, to us, it doesn't necessarily mean scarcity. It simply means having discipline with your finances and being intentional about where your money goes. And so in order to pay off that amount of debt, you have to be intentional about where your income is going to be able to achieve these debt payment goals. So That was a huge part of what led us to get to where we are today is through zero-based budgeting and that entire system. I, I will say we did not decrease expenses during that time. If anything, our, our expenses increased because we had children in childcare. <laughs> you know, we had our daughter in December of 2019. So starting in 2020, we had two children in daycare as opposed to one. And so during that time from 2020 to 2023 were probably the most expensive years with, with daycare costs for us.
0: Not only the most expensive, but 2020 to 2023 and daycare. Those words don't go together very well. How did you guys manage that during the pandemic?
1: I have to say we were very, very blessed. Our daycare was only closed for the 10 weeks that was mandated from March to May in 2020 and was open afterwards. They had very good COVID protocols to where the entire school did not shut down if there were instances. So I will say there were a lot of issues with childcare during that time, but we were very blessed with the the school center that we used.
0: I think that's great. Yeah. So can you talk to us about your general range of income during that time period when you guys were paying off the debt?
1: Yeah. So we're very blessed in terms of being six-figure income earners. My husband and I both have MBA degrees and we're very blessed to, to have a high income. I will say that.
0: That helps a lot, especially when you're six figures plus. You know, there's some families that I speak to are even in that six figure plus range that are feeling some pinch right now. You know, like maybe they've got more than a couple of kids and they're saying, wow, life is just more expensive. You know, I guess talk to us about the importance of increasing your income when you can when you're in these types of situations because the ability for us to live and move forward as families there are expenses that need to happen yeah we can be frugal but talk to us about the importance of increasing your income and how this made this process easier for you guys
1: yeah increasing income it's so important especially in this inflationary environment and you have to control what you can control. So the couple of things that we did was, you know, my husband switched jobs, I switched jobs. This, this was six years ago, you know, being able to advocate for yourself and ask for those raises, I think is really important and going to your managers and being able to advocate for that. The other thing that, that was important for us was we built our home in 2017 and we built that home based upon one income. You know, to your point, Andy, there's a lot of families that may have high incomes and may earn six figures. But if you become real estate rich and cash poor, we see people all the time that over mortgage themselves or buy a new car every few years and and kind of do those things. We were very intentional about the fixed expenses that we knew we were going to have. And so, you know, building that house based upon one income and being able to afford it on one income was a decision that I'll be forever grateful for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, sometimes this keeping up with the Joneses or, or keeping up with the Instagrams about where we feel like we need to be. But it doesn't really match up with our with our income, and so either we either need to right size or increase that income, right? So talk to us about you know what life looks like for you guys now. You're you're both making great money. You have zero consumer debt in your life. Your kids are starting to get slightly older, so you're not uh, dealing with infants. Well, I guess actually I didn't really ask you how old are your kids now.
1: Yeah, so our oldest just started kindergarten in August of 23. So we have a kindergartner now. We have one out of daycare, and then our three and a half year old will be in day care for the next couple of years, given her age. So.
0: so five and three is still pretty crazy at home. I remember that quite a bit. Absolutely. Well, nevertheless, you guys are doing well financially. What are your next financial steps? Maybe you can motivate people out there who are on their debt-free journey or paying off that debt and just seeing what's on the other side. Talk to us about your financial goals coming forward
1: yeah so all of our consumer debt is gone. That was very important to us. We still have a mortgage, which we don't see the need to pay down because we were one of the blessed people that have a sub three percent mortgage right now. So to me, there's no reason for us to put additional money towards that mortgage at this point. So what we did do was start a mortgage pay down fund, so we're starting to put money in a separate account in a, in a money market that yields you know more than five percent, so you have that interest rate arbitrage there. We doubled, more than doubled, the contributions to our taxable brokerage account in order to save and continue to grow that. And then we doubled the money that's going into our kids' 529s and UTMA accounts.
0: Nice. So generational wealth, helping you guys have some flexibility with maybe early retirement aspirations if you guys were doing the taxable or is the taxable brokerage account for something else?
1: The taxable brokerage is really just to have money outside of the retirement accounts. You know, you've done many episodes on Coast Fi and knowing when it's okay to back off of those retirement contributions. So that is something that we did this year that also helped towards paying off a lot of the consumer debt because we got to the point where we feel we have enough money in, in retirement funds. We still contribute, we get the company match, but we're not in the camp of necessarily maxing out 401ks anymore.
0: Talk to me about that. You're in wealth management, you understand this world quite a bit. What do you think of the idea of Coast Fire? Is that something that's not talked about enough in your opinion, or, or is there a purpose for people not talking about it enough?
1: <laughs> well, in my opinion, the overall Aura of retirement has changed. You know, my stepdad worked at a plant for 40 years. He has a pension. He worked until I think he was 65, 67. The reality is, is that just doesn't exist for our generation. Staying with a company for 30 or 40 years and coasting on a pension does not exist anymore for most people. And so what you have are people that are living a little bit more in the moment now. And you need that money outside of a retirement account to be able to access prior to 59 and a half if you want to be able to do those things. So I think it comes with diversity of income, diversity of your savings, being able to maximize tax benefits where where possible, and understanding the goals of the person that is sitting on the other side of the table for you. I'm a certified financial planner. So coming at it from What are you trying to achieve with your family is so important because no two people are going to have the same goals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, less about maximizing the number and the wealth number and more about how does this align with your specific goals as a family? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, there's somebody listening right now. Let's say that they saw the title of this episode and They've got, you know, fifty dollars to $100,000 of consumer debt that they're trying to pay through. They make good money as a couple, but they're spending all of it. What advice would you have for them as they're trying to clobber this consumer debt and maybe see the other side of these conversations like Coast Fire and planning for maybe a mortgage-free future?
1: Sure. So the two things that I changed in 2022 and 2023 was I wrote down goals. I think a lot of people have goals in their heads, but I wrote them down. I keep them in a notebook. It's it's literally old school notebook. So I wrote them down and then I overlaid the zero-based budgeting system that we had. So I wrote out every paycheck and allocated those dollars. So each paycheck I knew exactly where that money was going. Each bonus, I knew where that money was going. If we got a tax return, I knew where that money was going. And it was very visual. And then on top of that, I used Canva, which is just a little graphic creator, to be able to track a progress bar every month throughout 2023. So that created a lot of intrinsic motivation in me to be able to visually create that graphic every month and see my my progress as we were moving towards that goal. And so, for anybody that's like, where do I start? I know I need to change. Write down the goals, utilize a zero based budgeting system to back into what it's going to take. And then you may have to make some hard decisions. You know, I, I know we said we didn't change our spending habits too much. But we did change some of the big things like we delayed a patio thing that my husband wants. You know, we had allocated $5,000 to put a patio on in our backyard. And we said, no, we're not going to do that this year. And that money went straight to the home equity line of credit. So there is some delayed gratification and decisions that you will have to make in order to
0: better yourself. I love that. And eventually you get the patio and it feels that much better under your feet, right?
1: Yes. (laughs) The patio is back on the docket for 2024. So we will see if that happens.
0: I better see a picture of that on your Instagram, Ali. There you go. (laughs) There you go. I love it. I love it. Well, speaking of connecting with you and learning more about what's going on in your world, tell us about what you're up to and maybe how people can connect with you.
1: Yes. So as I mentioned, I'm a certified financial planner and our company is Waldron Private Wealth. We specialize in working with high net worth business owners, their families, high income earners, and real estate investors. I think we're a little bit unique in the sense that we're not Solely AUM based advisors. A lot of advisors out there charge an AUM fee. And while AUM is certainly a part of our business model, we work on a retainer basis as well, because particularly with business owners and real estate folks, sometimes they have a really nice net worth and they need really good advice, but they don't have a liquid, investable portfolio to be able to manage. And so many advisors out there. They, they won't really work with you unless you have a portfolio of investable assets. So I think that's something that separates us apart in being able to be flexible about how we're charging for advice.
0: I think that's fantastic. How could people connect with you?
1: Yeah, so WaldronPrivateWealth.com. You can check us out on the website. And selfish plug, we also have a podcast. I co-host our podcast. So it's called Wealth Simplified with Waldron Private Wealth. And so it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all your major platforms. So that's a really great way to connect with us and hear our insights.
0: Yeah, especially if you're listening to this podcast right now, just type in Wealth Simplified. You'll see Allie and all her great advice. Allie, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Andy as a quick reminder this show is for entertainment purposes only my friends be sure to seek out a professional for your specific situation and a Special extra legal word from Waldron Private Wealth, where Ali Swart works. No portion of this podcast serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Waldron or any other investment professional of your choosing. A copy of Waldron's current written disclosure brochure discussing Waldron's advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.waldronprivatewealth.com. How did I do, everybody? Was that a good like uh, legalese like Micro Machines? Any any eighties nineties kids remember the Micro Machines guy? <laughs> anyway, before we go for the day, I want to thank the over two hundred of you who filled out our annual Marriage, Kids, and Money survey. That information is going to help me improve this family empowering podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to help us get better. Thank you very, very much. As I shared in that survey, we'll be giving away four different $50 Amazon gift cards to four random people who filled out that survey since this is the fourth year we've been doing this. And the guy that's been helping me read those winners over the years is Calvin Hill. Welcome back to the show, Calvin Hill. Hello. How are you, pal? Good. This is fun, you know, like uh, getting fifty dollars just randomly right before the holidays. What would you do with fifty dollars? Tell me. Mm,
2: I would. I would give thirty dollars to my give so I can give it to charity. Oh, and that's very kind of you, buddy. And people who need help, and twenty dollars for toys and stuff.
0: Yeah. What kind of toys? Name name a toy that you're interested in for this holiday.
2: Um.
0: Mm, it's tough mm. when you got a lot of toys, huh? Do <laughs> mm. <laughs> you like squishmallows I know. right now?
2: Um, Oops, sorry, a soccer net.
0: A soccer net, not a rebounder like a straight up soccer net, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you can do a top corner,
2: mm-hmm. top right. Yeah.
0: You can meg your daddy if I'm in goal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All
0: right. Well, let's read these winners here. What we're gonna do since we got. We got 100, let's see, 198. That's what it boiled down to. Okay. So, Calvin, I would like you to talk to our digital friend and ask them for a number between 1 and 198.
2: Hey, Google, pick a number between 1 and 198. Here's a random number, 179. Okay,
0: well, 179, that is going to get us to, drumroll please. Martha from New York City. Thank you very much, Martha, for filling out the survey. And we're going to be shooting you a email with a $50 gift card. So thank you very much for filling it out. We'll be in touch. All right, let's do the next one.
2: Hey, Google, pick a number between 1 and 198. 35.
0: We've got... Jordan from Georgia. Thank you very much, Jordan from Georgia. We'll be in touch and send you a $50 Dad, gift card. What? What? what that's
2: EYStream's real name. Is
0: it really? EYStream's yeah. name is Jordan?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Jordan from Georgia, you have an awesome responsibility with that name because that is Calvin's favorite YouTuber, EYStream.
2: So <laughs> wear
0: it with pride. All right, let's do the next one.
2: Hey, Google, pick a number between 1 and 198. Here's a random number, 184.
0: We've got Vanessa from California. Vanessa, thank you so much for
2: filling out
0: this survey. We're going to be sending you a $50 Amazon gift card. Thank you. All right, let's do our last one, Calvin.
2: Hey, Google, pick a number between 1 and 198. 109.
0: Oh my, we've got, we've got a friend, Karen, and Karen lives in Helena. So Karen, we're going to be uh, reaching out to you with a $50 gift card. Thank you so much for filling out our survey. Everybody. Thank you very much for doing this. We're happy to give away some money during the holidays and hopefully it will help people have a brighter holiday and, you know, maybe buy something for somebody that you love in your life, especially during this awesome season. So, Calvin, thank you so much for helping me spread some joy. And I had a lot of joy reading all of the comments as well as the opportunities for us to improve. So, thank you all very, very much.
2: Thank y'all.
0: In the spirit of growth and inspiration, my son Calvin is going to end the show with a quote today from unknown.
2: Whatever you are willing to put up with is exactly what you will get.
0: Very good, Calvin. Here's to setting boundaries so you can live the good life today.
2: Carpe diem!